0: Ride with me in my foul life. Today's episode is also brought to you by Jargon Game Calls. We're very excited about our partnership with Jargon Game Calls out of the great state of Arkansas. Um, I don't know if you've seen any of the new print ads being ran in the California Waterfowl, the new Wildfowl August gear issue as well. We are trying to do things a, a lot different here. We have some awesome designs. Right now we have the, the small talk, the loud mouth, and the icebreaker. Um, study up on the word jargon. Figure out what it means, and you'll kind of see where we're going with our marketing and what our ideas and ideology behind the brand is. And the, the one thing's for sure that the calls are ducky. They stand up. They're versatile. You get a lot of different sounds out of them, the, a lot of different applications, whether it's the loud mouth for open water, the small talk for a timber setting or more of a closed water setting, and then the icebreaker is a duck Double read. Um, You get it, icebreaker. You're breaking the ice. You're getting into the calling game. Just like when you see a cute girl and you want to break the ice with her, you got to start somewhere. You got to start small. So the icebreakers for guys that might not be, you know, ready for a single read i always tell people if you're going to get to a single read start with a single read don't develop any bad habits but with the success and the sales of the icebreaker the sounds that it makes is unbelievable it's got an awesome chatter so we're excited about it guys we got some new calls coming out in 2019 with a short barrel a competition call we have new apparel available at jargongamecalls.com and just like i said look up that word jargon figured out the specialized vocabulary amongst a group of people doctor speak it pilot speak it military speaks it duck hunter speak it we speak it to uh, amongst ourselves we speak it to our dog we speak it to the wild duck there's a bunch of different levels of jargon when it comes to the hunting world the hunting culture and we're proud to bring jargon game calls to the forefront and introduce it to america we did a soft launch in january of this year and now we're getting ready to go gangbusters with it a lot of new color combinations coming out and like i said that new short barrel and that new competition call we're getting ready to introduce to the market as well so jargon we've started with duck calls we don't know where it's going but when you hear turkey calls predator calls goose calls we don't know the sky's the limit and uh i'm proud today on the episode to have my partner in jargon game calls mr chris cifrio he um is the guy that came to me with these call designs and the idea about a duck call company and that wasn't very long ago and now here we are sitting in uh, summer of 2019 and the success has been unbelievable already huh?
1: oh yeah that's actually been It's been extremely, uh, I guess, humbling to know how many people have kind of joined our our team, per se. Uh, You know, we got all kinds of new designs coming out. We've been working on, working hard, trying to make sure we perfect, you know, every single tone board that goes to every single individual. Um, I'm really excited how everything's going. Uh, You know, I guess let's talk about small talk as far as, you know, kind of what was the reasoning behind the small talk, why was the name, the small talk, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, You know, the design of the small talk was, you know, I wanted to start at the mouthpiece. You know, I had a guy call me the other day. He said, man, you know, I don't know what y'all did, but y'all really, really had a lot of thought into the mouthpiece of y'all call because it's so comfortable. It stays on my lips. It doesn't want to fall off. You know, uh, it's just, you know, a great – Designed as far as on the mouthpiece and so, you know, we designed that mouthpiece to where Basically, it wasn't too big wasn't too small Uh, it was comfortable on your lips Um, it was able to be able to surround the call and lock down that pressure to where you know, you don't have air escaping Um, you know, that was basically our whole concept of it was to try to make sure that the mouthpiece was as comfortable as can be and you could actually get on a call and surround that and, and hold that pressure in, you know, because when you start really calling ducks and start getting tired and it's cold outside, you know, you tend to, your your lips, and you probably know this, Chad, your lips start to, to almost get to where they're basically locking up. And if you don't have a good mouthpiece on a call, your lips will fall off, you lose that pressure, and then, you know, you're distorted as far as on your calling and so forth. but. You know, we designed that mouthpiece to where it was, you know, very, very user friendly. I guess is the word for it. Um, And and then of course going down to the to the insert, you know, we wanted an insert that was extremely comfortable in your hands. You know, uh, past call designs um, and and still present, I guess you could say, where when you put your your actual uh, pointer finger around the insert that that edge right there wants to dig into your hand and we wanted to be an easy transition to where you didn't have you know every us duck hunters we're going day in and day out and putting out decoys wrapping up string and so forth and you eventually will wear out the inside of that pointer finger by string you know as well as i do chad it just you know it happens you'll get raw hands dry hands and start cracking and so forth so we wanted to make it comfortable, the call to be comfortable, lightweight, um, you know, the mouthpiece to be extremely user-friendly, really comfortable on your lips, and then, of course, we wanted to have that extremely ducky sound, and so, you know, we're getting a huge, you know, response from guys basically saying, man, this call was really well thought out.
0: So you're talking about, you know, the, the well-thoughtness that went into the call, the well-thoughtness. I better get my vocabulary right today talking about jargon, but the thought that went into this call all you've talked about so far is the aesthetics of it the mouthpiece and how it you know it really fits comfortable like a coke bottle design and i've i've looked at other duck calls and and a lot of them are similar but this does it's more it's got some rigidity built into it it just feels good on your mouth you can really keep the corners of your mouth locked in on it because you know like when you're saying you're on them and it's one of those days to where you got a lot of calling going on your lips start to tire out if you're not in duck calling Mm -hmm. shape especially you know you start to leak air and it completely destroys the tone and the pitch of a call so that down to the insert the way that it fits into that j on your on your call hand you know where you take your thumb and then wrap your index finger around the end of it it just feels real comfortable so yeah when customers do call and they say this call is very well thought out the aesthetics of it the exterior of it the look of it and we haven't even got into the functionality of the Mm -hmm. call which is very exciting and when you when you when you think about the small talk when you hear that when it relates to jargon or vocabulary you know it's like hey here's some small talk you might not know the person that well you might not you know it it might not be an in-depth conversation it might be you know kicking off a friendship or relationship or a partnership when you're making small talk doesn't mean it's generic and this in our instance we took the small talk as something that was more of a small area that you're hunting in more confined area it might be timber it might be an oxbow it might be somewhere where it's... It's, it's some reeds where you got some overhang on it, a smaller body of water to where you don't really have to reach out there and punch at them. Um, there's a lot of different applications that you can use with a, call, a duck call. When you're talking about timber hunting, sometimes you do want a call that reaches out there on a sunny day with a little bit of a breeze to break ducks down that are flying high. The small talk can do it, but you can also get real soft on it. Um, is that fair to say? Is that a fair assessment of the call to where it will get some volume behind it when you're pushing a little bit more air through it? Um, I don't like the to say blowing into the call because i truly don't feel or believe that you blow into a game call i feel that you operate a call and that you play a call like an instrument and these are wood driven instruments i know the reeds made out of mylar but like a saxophone or a clarinet with a wooden reed a lot of it's the same even though it's not an open reed style of call um, you can get volume out of the small talk. We will get into the loud mouth on a, on a podcast after this, but this small talk has a lot of different tools built into it, right? And, and when you're designing this, because this is your brainchild, you are the guy that is bringing these designs to me and saying, hey, what do you think? And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. But you really are the brains and behind the ingenuity of these calls. Is the small talk meant to get loud and then be able to come all the way down that scale to get soft in a timber hole to get that final, Talk to me a little bit about, you know, as the, the functionality of the call.
1: Yeah, so the call basically is, is designed to where you can lean on it, on the top end. Break a duck if you have to. Um, and then, of course, you know, coax them into the decoys. But, you know, as far as, you know, I guess the biggest thing we wanted to have is that boss hen. We wanted to have that really what we call, per se, angry ducks to where these ducks are feeding heavily. They're in the timber or or they're they're competing in the timber or they're competing in a field or whatnot. And you can really, really lean on this call and and get that aggressive calling, you know, out of it without breaking the reed over to where the reeds want to lock down on you. So the small talk was designed that way, but it was also designed to be able to, you know, finish those ducks, get Extremely rally on the bottom end on the bottom feed, get whiny on the bottom feed. I mean on the bottom end as far as on quacks, and also get some you know rural low end boss hens, you know soft quacks. It's it's truly probably the most versatile call that we offer. Um, you know of course the loudmouth we'll get to that later, but the small talk is it's it's the number one call on my land. You know, it's the go to call on my lander. It's got so much duck built into it. And what I love about the small talk is is that the the feed chatter on it is amazing. It's got that perfect amount of pressure to feed, to do some uh what we call hiccups, and you know, we'll get to that as far as I'll blow the call here in a second for you, but basically get some hiccup, get some wines, and and
0: just just be able to get ducky. And what when you say as far as like the, the perfect amount of chatter in it. It's, it's kind of like it's got some looseness in it. It's not real tight. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have a whole lot of hold in it. Um, are you designing these tone boards? Is that where you're getting at with that? Where, well,
1: what I keep on getting, people keep on calling, and they, and they get to the call in. They blow it for a little while, and then they call me back, and they say, hey, look, this is truly the easiest call I've ever blown, but, man, I can lean on this call. I can lean on it, but yet it's so easy to blow you know, as far as just putting into getting some soft quacks, getting some feed call. And I mean, the feed on it is just unbelievable. But that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at, is, is that it's very, very, it's, you know, I've blown a lot of calls out there, you've blown a lot of calls out there. It's it's just so user friendly, and it's so easy to blow into, you know, without minimum effort, you can get an extremely good quack out of it. And, and with that quack comes duck, and you know, There's a lot of calls that are out there easy to blow, but this call has a lot, a lot of duck built into it.
0: And how do you place your tongue with a small talk? I want to just break it down to where you, as you get advanced in duck calling, you can get away with more. With the small talk, it's almost like you, if you just follow the basic, the standard procedure of duck call operation, tip of the tongue behind your bottom teeth put it right on that line where your gums meet your teeth right in the back there and then kind of arch it just a little bit you know just a tiny bit like you might have a little penny gumball under there dime-sized gumball in your teeth and you kind of got that arch now your tongue is in the shape of the roof of your mouth kind of and if you hold that on the small talk you get what you're talking about with that the how the, the sounds that you're looking for, the duck that's built into it, the, the, the pitch that you're looking for, you don't have to get real fancy or be real advanced to get duck out mm-hmm. of the small talk is where I'm going with that. I, I truly I tell people all the time. It's got a lot of duck built into it mm-hmm. and I feel that it does, but tell me in layman's terms, if you're instructing people, I know you're a great instructor. What is that? What am I, what word am I looking for? Like what is have built into it? What is it got that you can just follow the basic duck call operation procedures and get, get that duck out of it because there are some calls where you got to put your tongue into them, you know, hold it down a little bit harder. You got to move your tongue around a little bit to find that sweet spot. If you just hold your tongue in place with this call, you get a lot of duck out of it. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess what you're going through is is that you don't have to put a lot of voice into the call. You know, that's what you don't have to put into the call. You know, a guy called me the other day again saying, Hey, look, you know, I find I don't have to put a lot of voice in this call. I don't have to emphasize you know, what I've been doing on other calls to get that duck out of it. It's built right in there. I mean, you can literally take the call, put it to your mouth and blow air through it, you know, which we're talking about blowing air again, but you can literally blow air through it and it's gonna have a ducky sound to it. And so, you know, again, when you get tired and and you've been hunting four or five days in a row, you're worn out, you shouldn't have to think about it. And that's what sore of calls are basically based off of is, is that, you know anybody can pick it up anybody can blow into it and you can get a ducky sound especially the double read but the small talk is one of the easiest single reads to blow
0: so how do you hold how are you holding your tongue if you're telling me straight from the beginning with this small talk call how are you going to be holding your tongue when you pick that call up as a beginner like what do you tell people I, was i was i pretty close and where you want your tongue
1: yeah that's exactly where i put my tongue so i mean when I'm basically you know, teaching somebody how to call, first off, we're gonna get a quack, quack down perfectly. That quack has to be you know, to where you get it, exactly that exact duck sound out of it. Perfect that quack and then you can move on to getting basically a cadence. But on the quack, all I'm doing is, again, I'm using my throat and my diaphragm and I say oot into the call or hut into the call you can get two different ducks out of it by "oot" and "hoot," but I know we've talked about this before. But you really don't say the word into the call. So what I'm doing in the call is I'm going, oot, 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 or, hot, 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 hot. and so that that just by doing that right there and everything's off of pressure. You take a guy that's just picked up a duck call and he doesn't understand that pressure that you have to do into a call, everything is a burst of air, boom, and then it cuts off. And it, when you're cutting it off, you're not cutting it off with your tongue. You're cutting it off with your throat. So <laughs> all I'm doing is basically blowing it, pulling from my diaphragm, blowing into the call, grabbing that hot air, saying, not saying a word, but emphasizing, I guess you could say a word, or getting close to that word. And you're gonna get a duck sound out of it. You know, you start from there, perfect that quack. I mean, sit there and just get it, I mean, perfect. And once you get that quack perfect, then you can move on to a cadence. But even better than that, you can go ahead and try to get to where you're closing and opening your throat up, And what that's gonna do is is it's gonna give you a fine hand, a coarse hand, a raspy hand, and a boss hand. By by doing that, closing your throat off, you're gonna get a finer hand.
0: Explain that real quick, Chris. Closing your throat off, you kind of like
1: Okay, so the easiest way to explain closing your throat off is, and I've done that in previous podcasts is, is if you're trying to get a high-pitched, high-pitched song, Somebody sings a high-pitched song. Vince Gill. Exactly. Now, I mean, you're a better singer than I am, so you can go ahead and sing a Vince Gill song. But Vince Gill and then going to –
0: George Jones or Or Jamie Johnson. Jamie Johnson. Jamie
1: Johnson is real deep. So that's exactly what I'm doing in a call is I'm closing my throat down and then I'm opening it up. And if, again, what I tell everybody is, is act like it's a valve – like it's a quarter-inch hole, and in that quarter-inch hole, you got a valve on the other end, and you're slowly closing that quarter-inch hole off. When you close it off to where there's barely any air coming through it, that's going to be a fine end. And then as you start opening it up, you're going to go to a course, to a raspy, and then to a boss. And then also in there, to better explain it, on a fine end is like a two-year-old kid running around the house. That kid can run circles around us. Wide open all the time. So fast, fast, fast. And then as you start slowly getting to a boss, you start slowing down. Because a boss hen is older, you know, basically been around the block, and she's, you know, slow to move. And so that's how, kinda how I explain how you transition from just a quack. You know, so a quack's gonna be a fine hen, closed throat. And, it, and real fast, real fast here. And then it starts to slowly get a little bit slower, and then open your throat up. And that's how you do a quack. Once you get that quack down, then you can move on to a cadence. If you got a call right here, let me see one of those up. Uh. So you'll basically find him. Start slowing it down. Does that sound pretty good as far as over the mics and everything? Mm. We're trying to give you a a good audio on it, but I don't know what it sounds through as far as on the mic. I'm trying to blow away from it. But as I slow down, you'll slowly start opening your throat and slowing that air down, and then you'll get all the way to a boss hand. So, basically, fine hand again, a little bit faster air, slowly open your throat, and go all the way to a boss hen. And boss hens can be dragging. You can do boss hen. The thing about it is, is you have all kinds of ducks. So, can you do a quack in
0: all four of those stages? Uh, I mean, I'll try right now. No, here. I'm asking you. Is that, is that, I mean, all four of those yeah. ducks can quack, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you, I mean... I'm just making sure that nobody gets confused that you that you're trying to slow it all the way down to get to the boss hand to get your quack. Your quack can be with the fine. You can have a fine a fine hand quack, right? Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's just a little bit high That's coarse. Yeah, that's about
1: coarse raspy right there. Now we're and then it goes really to raspy open and then it, really the boss. open it up for raspiness.
0: And, and then, then you go to boss. <laughs> and they're so all if you see that together.
1: boss, the boss has like a distinct sound to it, you know? So when you do a cadence on a boss, you kind of drag it out, but it has a distinct sound. See what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, can you hear it over the audio? I don't know. Yeah, if you, I can 100%. Okay. So fine hand, coarse hand raspy hand boss hand if you get that down on the quacks then you can move transition to cadences you know it's all little steps little baby steps but if you if you get that quack down i truly believe that anybody that's trying to learn how to blow a duck call needs to first off get a quack once you get a quack you can tinker with fee call but it's really best to get your quack and then get your cadences that's what i did got my quack got my cadences and then I went ahead and started messing around with fee call a fee call is kind of you know it's probably the hardest one to do I know I know it's the hardest one to do because it's a tongue twister but on a fee call you know I don't know what you say Chad but I'm like cuh, cuh, curh, 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 curh. and I will mix a tick, 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 cook yep. tick, tick tick so but I take that away in my tongue I try to keep my tongue down on the bottom of you know not at the top of my roof but at the bottom in between my teeth again and use all throat
0: yeah. but what is that when you're talking about these sounds through the small talk though is the reason why this call is is the gut system the exact same as the loud mouth? it is so is it just the bore hole that's coming out of the end uh is it the drill hole and the bore hole the actual bore that's coming out of the end of the insert that makes it the small talk
1: it's the bore hole how I tune it, you know. Uh, basically how the reed's set. Uh, the reed's slightly different than a loudmouth. And then, of course, I sand it slightly different than a loudmouth. So small talk to loudmouth, there's just a slight bit of tune. I can't go through, when I'm tuning calls, I can't tune icebreaker, then small talk, then small talk, then loudmouth. The reason why is because I get it confused in my head. You know, I have to walk off, so I, I try to tune. I've, ton of icebreakers and then small talks and then loud mouse because they're all tuned a little bit different, you know, to achieve that sound. Um, like an icebreaker, you know, it's sanded totally different than a small talk sanded.
0: So there is a lot of variation in the actual tone board, this, the amount of sand, the amount of the tone board being taken off when you're sanding it, the, mm-hmm. the placement of the reed or the bend in the reed, is there a different read that's that's in these calls it's is it the way you cut the reed? um so there is i don't want to give away all the secrets i'm not trying to do that but yeah. there's a difference in the, the the amount that you're taking off of the acrylic tone board yes there is a difference in the shape of the reed. is it an acrylic tone board? yes okay is there a difference in the shape of the reed between a, a small talk and a loud mouth no no is, but they're cut the exact same no
1: they're not cut the exact same but they're the same exact uh, you know where the dog ears are they're they're exact it's the length that's just a tad bit different as fours on the end of it.
0: Okay, so then the third part component to this in the design of the small talk is the borehole coming out of the end of the insert? It's totally different. It's totally different than the loudmouth. So, so a small talk I don't want ice- to know the tolerances or the measurements. I don't want to give that away. Oh, no. Because that's a big part of this, yeah. in my opinion.
1: But the small talk and the icebreaker is the same exhaust. You can literally, if you had a small talk, so the tone board on an icebreaker is of course different you know it's a different thickness than the small talk is because it has to accommodate a double reed but the small talk and the icebreaker is the same exhaust it's just tuned different and of course it has a reed icebreaker has a reed and a half and so um you know Cosmetically, you can look at them and say, oh, well, there's probably not much difference, but there is, you know, the way we tune them. You know. So
0: you're, you're, as far as the customer base is concerned, and they call up and say, well, you know, looking at the calls, they look really, you know, alike. They yeah, look the similar. same. But there's a lot of small tweaks to this that are very important to the call that somebody's gonna purchase. So is the number one thing that a, a, a potential consumer has to worry about is where is he gonna hunt? Is that like the first thing that we need to, uh, you know, apply our studies to or apply our research to is like, hey, our customer base, for those that are going to hunt here, here, here and here, they're going to want the small talk.
1: I wouldn't even say where are you gonna well, I guess where you hunt? Where's the going.
0: conditions on those certain days. Where, where where why do we have different calls? Why do we have different single read calls? and a lot of companies have for years, Rich and tone, yeah. Zinc, uh, you name it, you know Rick Dunn and Echo. There's JJ. Lairs. There's some uh, you know iconic call brands out there that have made a big you know made a living and made big brands out of having different offerings is it because of the different places we hunt the ducks sound different no they don't
1: no it's not different it's loud it's the volume that you need and how aggressive you need to be so a small talk you know if if just put, put it this way if you're hunting on a cold cold bluebird day the wind's blowing you got to reach out to them you know 100 times over i'm gonna grab, grab a live mouth And the reason why is because i got to be aggressive with them nonstop, just staying on them because if they get downwind from me, I'm going to lose them. And so, you know, I think it comes down to more of if a guy calls me and they say I'm hunting an open field, then I'm going to recommend probably a loudmouth because you know as well as I do, in an open field, you know, you can blow the loudest call and it doesn't sound nearly as loud as what it would be in the timber. You know, the timbers going to echo, you know, or slough, or any kind of buck brush or anything like that. You're going to want, you know, it's not going to sound nearly as loud, put it that way. So, the icebreaker, of course, is a double read, and it's for guys that are just trying to get into duck calling or just prefer double read. And it is a great double read. I mean, really ducky, sounds just like a single read user-friendly easy to blow and all of them are user-friendly and easy to blow but the icebreaker is just a tad bit easier but is i would say that yeah it is conditions that you're hunting in but it all comes down to really hey ask the guy hey how loud do you have to be how loud do you do you want to be or is your ducks are you hunting traffic are you hunting staging ducks I mean that has a lot to do with it too. If you're hunting traffic again, you gotta be loud. If you're hunting staging ducks that have already been there and they know everything that's going on in that low area, you wanna be able to get ducky, get on the bottom end, get some good fees, get some wines, and and you know, I don't think you have to get as aggressive with them as you do on a flight day.
0: So why would somebody is, is the aggressiveness not there in the small talk like it would be in the loudmouth? I mean, the name loudmouth sounds to me like you're going to have a little bit more ability to stand on it. You can get on a little more. You got, have more aggressiveness built into it. I'm trying to make this in layman's terms for the yeah. customer that's coming to buy a jargon game call. Why do I want to pick the small mouth over the loudmouth? Small talk. I mean, small talk over the loudmouth.
1: You want to pick the small talk over the loudmouth if you're in an area that's basically uh, stage ducks and you can still get loud you can still break ducks that are flight birds that are that is traffic but you can get on the bottom end and just get a lot lot a lot of ducks on the bottom end you can do that on a mouth too you can get bottom in loud mouth too but it's not as quiet
0: is it as easy or do you have to be a little bit more control when you have that much air coming out of the exhaust because it is widened, it is opened up quite a bit on a loudmouth?
1: Yeah, I mean, across the board, I mean, the small talk is gonna be the easiest call to blow over loudmouth. I mean, it's gonna be easier to blow over loudmouth. Absolutely. But, you know, the loudmouth and the small talk, and I mean, I'm trying to... I think the loud, the small talk, the biggest difference with the small talk is, is that it has more back pressure built into it. Or you can just put in it, on a loudmouth, you can still do that, but you really have to think about it. I mean, you really have to be perfected on a duck call to be able to get that bottom in. Um, and of course, the small talk is not gonna get nearly the top end boss in as a loudmouth's gonna get. The loudmouth's And the small talk still has a good boss hand, but it's not nearly as cracky and it doesn't carry. I mean, I can blow them in the shop. I can go across the, you know, when I I tune them, I blow it a wall. And when I blow a a small talk, I mean, if I just mix them up and I don't even know which one I'm picking up, I immediately know which one's a loud mouth for as much volume it is and how hard it cracks over. What do you mean cracks? That reed cracks over. So, you know, when you pop it, you could just hear that crack, that cracking sound.
0: I didn't know a duck call read cracks. I mean, I, I know that a, a goose, short read goose call pops, you know, you pop that. Reed
1: well, that's, in. that's basically what I'm saying is popping, you know, it's popping now.
0: Is that because there's more room where the reed has to go to, is there more space that has to go before it hits the tone board?
1: On loudmouth it is, a loudmouth, just a tab.
0: And that's because of the way that it's bent up a little bit with the way that it fits in with the stop or the gut system?
1: No, it's not the way it fits in. It's basically the reed length. So the reed's just a tad bit longer. So it is going to have a little bit longer as far as where the tip of that reed hits the tone board. is going to be a little bit, you know, further, you know, longer distance before it hits the top of that tone board. Um, so it, you know, again, and and that the reason why that is, is because to where you can stand on that call, lean on that call, and really pound on it. We have that reed just a tad bit longer. So, and of course, anybody can custom fit the reed, you know, and, and cut down or, you know, get a reed from us and basically have them longer. Because everybody blows, you know, differently and, and has more pressure. Some guys can blow real hard. Some guys, have, you know, can barely put into a call. You know, so there, you got to find that happy medium of where it needs to be. Now, when they're tuned and they come out of the shop, they're pretty darn perfect. I would say it's a universal fit, you know, where they're at as far as coming out of the shop. I've yet to have one person call me up and say, hey, this read's too short or too long.
0: So, did it take you a long time to figure out what our read needed to be before you said, all right, this is gonna be the read that we send out. When a guy orders a call, he goes on, listens to a video, listens to an instructional tip, listens to an audio file. I want the loud mouth, or I want the small talk. Did it take you forever to figure out? Okay, that's the read that's going to go out in this call. Because to me, it's it's becoming more and more evident that that's going to be one of the decipher, you know, the deciding things in this is that do I want the small talk or do I want the loud mouth when it comes to a single read version of the jargon call line? How does a duck call maker, designer, creator, craftsman like yourself know? that's the read for this call. Is it just through hours of cutting and dog earing no. and figuring it out? How, how do you figure that part out?
1: So what I do in the call whenever I'm tuning it, and when I was learning you know, this particular call and building this tone board, is I would blow into the call, and I wanted that call to, again, I'm going back to this word again, crack over, but I wanted that, when I pushed, pushed on it, I wanted that hold to eventually give out, to fall off. So it's kind of like a cracking over or a popping over. See how it's popping over? And you hold it, and when it pops, it'll fall off. If a call just holds down, locks down, it's got too much hold in it, okay? So the longer the read, the deeper the tone, the more hold you're gonna have, well not, the less hold you're gonna have in it, the longer the read, okay? The shorter the read, the actual higher pitch the call is going to be, and the more hold is going to be in the call. Okay? So if you take and you blow into the call again, you the way I test it is I push air into it and then I see where it falls off at. And I want it to be a split second before it falls off. So again, and it just falls off that's where you know that that reed is set right. I'll do that. I'll do some, you know, as far as what I call hiccups. And that's basically where that reed's falling off. And then, of course, when I'm I'm tuning it, I'll do the fee call. And then I'll hit it on top. And basically, I know that that reed set. Now, that's how I did it whenever I was trying to learn this tone board and and build this tone board is I kept on cutting reeds, I mean, and literally cutting them a minute amount off the mylar. I mean, just a minute. Just to find out what reed would be universal, what reed would be to match mostly everybody, you know, to match the majority of guys out there. Not to say it will, but it's pretty nuts from what everybody tells me. Again, I've yet to have one person say, a reed's too long, reed, a reed's too short. But that's kind of how I determined where it needed to be. You know, you can immediately, if a reed's too short, you go into to blow on it, you go in to lean on it. Because when we're hunting, I hate to say it, but I always, my reed, I'll actually add maybe a couple thousands of an inch, four or five thousands of an inch to it when I'm hunting. And the reason why is, because when you're tired, and you've been going day in and day out you tend to overblow a call so i want that read to be a little bit longer wouldn't you agree with that for sure you know so i make my reads a little bit longer when i'm hunting versus when i'm just going around the, the shop or or going to competition whatever you know just to make up for that fatigue i guess you could say
0: so that read is Set now, you have your length, you know where the dog are going to be. You've t- taken hours and Wrecked reads, ruined reads, throwing tons of reads away, trying to find that perfect read. Now it's time to sell these calls and put them out to the general public when they buy them online. We're not at retail. We don't know if we're going to retail with this company. We're direct to consumer right now. Guy again sees a video, goes on the website, sees social media, wants a call. That read goes out. There's been hours and hours to get that right read. Now, does that mean that you take that one read and you have something that's set up that you can that you pop that same read out every single time? Every time that you take a piece of mylar because you're cutting them out of raw mylar you're pre- using a stamp and a press they come out and now you got a dog ear in the right way you're blowing every single call that goes out of the shop isn't it is it safe to say that every read is the exact same and it's going to fit into that tone because the tolerances and the measurements and everything are so precise with that tone board and the way that the gut system is set up are all the reads the exact same now? Can you get the reads the exact same when you're – let's just take the small talk. We started with the small talk. Let's keep talking about it. Are every small talk that goes out of the jargon game called shop the exact same?
1: Every single small talk that goes out of jargon shop is the exact same. So how do you get the yeah. reads to be the exact so I'm same? Cutting it, I'm cutting it you know, manually right now, you know, basically with scissors, but there's a way that I do it that I can cut it the exact same as each other. But you know, eventually we will offer to where we have different read lengths, you know, for guys that are out there that want that. But yes, right now I don't have it doing it to where I'm I'm doing it, you know, automated. But you know, manually wise, it, I'm doing it, and yes, I'm I'm replicating every single one. So every small talk that goes out of the shop should be should be the exact same. Now, you know, getting into that, you know, if you want to really get technical about it, and I touched on this before. Is you can actually take the mylar and out of a sheet of mylar, you can go through, you know, hundred reads, and out of those hundred reads, there might be ninety percent of them that are pretty similar to each other, and the other ten is going to be a tad bit different, and it's all placement of where you cut it on the sheet of mylar. So, a sheet of mylar is rolled up when it comes to me, and then I unroll it, I let it sit out, get it flat again, and then I mark it to where I know where the roll was. And basically, I know exactly you know, what side's up, and I go, go, to, go to the press and cut out the reeds. And if I start at the beginning, the one at the beginning from the one in the middle will be, the average Joe can't tell it, but it will be a slight bit of difference not a bit of difference to where it's going to make the call sound bad it's just going to be a bit of difference to where hey one guy might you know like that read a little bit better than this one or whatnot but it's so slight and so minute i'm just getting really really technical in it. and the reason why i'm talking about this is that's how anal i am about duck calls you know you can get down to the nitty-gritty of it and really really get technical with it and that's what our, what our cnc machines you know I've told you to, uh, time and time again. You know we're holding tolerances three tenths. My machine here lately has been holding two tenths of an inch from me measuring it. I want that tolerance. I want that call. When you go to a store and you go to pick up a call or you order a call from us, it shouldn't be hey what call sounds the best. It should be what color do I want or what you know color of paint do I want or you know so forth and getting. Getting into the technical side of it, the reason why all of our tone boards that leave the Georgian shop or clear acrylic is because clear is the most stable acrylic out there. You know, It's the most consistent because you're not putting any kind of dyes in it. They're, they're not putting any kind of dyes in it to, to build it. And so clear every single time you cut a tone board and it goes out of the shop is very, very, very consistent and we wanted all of our calls to be consistent to each other, to where when you go in a store again, and we're not in any retail stores right now, and there might be something in the future, but if you go in there and there's a purple, a blue, a pink, or whatnot, you pick the one you want, the color you want, not the one that sounds the best, because they're all gonna sound the same.
0: So, I'm trying to wrap my hands around the guy that that has the confidence in, in buying what we're putting out there, and all the choices out there in the duck call market there's a different mentality in a duck call consumer some are very loyal to one company a lot of them are collectors and they just buy them because they're addicted to them they put them on their mantle they might have a few favorites on their lanyard they might switch them out during the hunting season depending on where they're hunting who they're hunting with what their you know what their feel is that day um for one reason or another people are buying the duck calls they're buying the loud mouth they're buying the small talk like crazy the, some are buying the icebreaker but we knew that the double read market isn't as strong as a single read market that's just the way it is and i don't know if that's fair to say in every company but i would bet money that most call companies that do have a single read offering the custom call companies i know that there's companies out there that sell all you know polycarbonate injection molded companies you know for 24 25 26 30 bucks that are all you know there's double reads that have been fake the duck command underline the winch the primo stuff they're all great calls you can kill ducks with them hands down but we sell a lot more single reads than we do double reads correct absolutely so i'm trying to wrap my hands around this consumer figuring out what what duck call to buy and why would you ever want to buy a jargon duck call and you're sitting here and telling me you're a duck call nerd you're guru about it you're very anal about it and and i know that you are i've seen you do work your magic work your science on them but i'm still kind of confused on why is this call different? I started with the reed. Oh, well, we started with the outside aesthetics with the mouthpiece and the in piece, the, the insert and the bore coming out of it, the bore size. Then we went to the inside diameter of the call, and now we're on the reed, and the reed might be setting different. It might be longer, it might be shorter. Why? would somebody want to buy this call though? You know what I'm saying? is like, is it that much different? Chris, is that read link? What that much different than the uh, el- what else is out there? I know that we've been compared to the Joe Lair's line of calls. It's owned by Brett Crow Now, great guy. Brett's a genius on a duck call. Obviously Joe, Joe Lair's was for years. Um, it's an awesome call line. Ours is different in a lot of ways. And we know that it, and we need to educate the consumer and the general public on that. But why is this call different? And why are you so giddy about it? I know why I love it but why is it different i want to make sure that we let people know in our honest humble opinion why are we different why is this call different what can they expect out of it is that is, is, are we getting at the common theme of this is that the tolerance are so precise that every call is going to go out the door the exact same depending on you know obviously the color could be different but are they are they that consistent is that why we're different what's the difference no the difference
1: is the sound i mean absolutely the sound if you take any call in the market and you blow it side to side you know beside ours you know i've heard it time and time again you know we're getting messages on instagram messages on facebook that the call sounds totally different than anything they've ever heard before and it's just ducky not to say any other call company out there doesn't have a ducky call Ours is just different and i mean Why would I want to sell something that sounds the exact same as somebody else's? You know, us duck call manufacturers, we're trying to constantly not reinvent the wheel, but basically get to where we're perfecting that sound closer and closer and closer to a mallard hint. That's what we're doing. And I truly believe when I take a call and I pick it up or I hear somebody blowing it, it sounds... Totally different. It sounds n- nothing like anything on the market today. And, you know, they've got guys again that called in, that messaged in and saying the exact same thing. I don't it's not it's coming out of their mouth, not mine. So, you know, yeah, we've got a different, you know, look to it. We've got, you know, the the actual barrel on it is a different size diameter. Or exhaust is totally different, our tone board is totally different than everybody else's, you know, um, you know, the uh, the way the read set up is different. There's a bunch of things in it that are different. But at the end of the day, when we were building these calls and and actually designing them, at the end of the day, if we wanted it to sound like a duck, and I mean that's the whole thing is the 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 more you sound like a duck, the more successful, in my opinion, your know hunt's gonna be. You know, yeah, you can be on the X and and you can literally You know, not have to even blow into a call and you'll kill ducks. But on those days that you're not on X and you got to convince them to come to decoys, you got to have a call that sounds like a mile or ten.
0: So you're going to tell me right now, sitting across this four foot table, that our call, our duck, our calls sound duckier than the competition?
1: I mean, I'm going to be. very conceited here, yes. You don't need, mean, to, be, you don't need I'm, to be. I'm going to be proud. I'm going to be proud that, yes, I can sit here and say that I believe all our duck calls are the duckiest calls in the market.
0: And you, you would go to your resting place saying that like that's not just a marketing scheme because everybody says they got duck built in do you speak duck we got the most duck in our calls we're pure duck we're this we're that these ducks are truly pure duck i mean they're they're they sound like hen mallards i i i believe it too i i i agree with you but i'm just saying is it really can it really happen? Can in 2019 can we have a duck call that sounds better than what Rich and Tones done or what Zinc did or what Joe Lair's did? You've blown them all. You've operated them all. You've hunted with them all. You've competed with them. You've been around people that compete with all different kinds of calls that have had tons of success in meat calling contests, Main Street contests, Stuttgart, maybe a two man hunter contest, meat contest. You're really going to sit here and tell me, and you, you have some validation behind this because you've had guys that have competed with those other calls, hunted with those other calls that have told you the same thing, right? Yep. I don't want to just be grabbing for straws here, grasping for straws. I want some, you know, some evidence, or I want some really good detailed information that people can say, man, these calls are different. They really do sound different. One, the versatility is there. Two, the ease of use is there. The ease of operations there. Three, and now we got a lot of duck built into it. I'm trying to figure out why you have so much confidence in saying that. Is it the read? Is it the way you set that read? Is it the way, or is it the way that you design this tone board? Because it is different. The whole way that our gut system works, the internal parts of this call, the intricacies, internal intricacies, intricacies of this call are different than most calls on the market.
1: There's a number of factors that go into a duck call and the biggest thing is, is if you don't hold your consistency on that duck call, once you perfect that duck call, I've got thousands of tone boards Sitting in a pile that I've cut and cut and cut and cut and cut. Changing this, changing that. Everybody knows that's ever built a call. The the slightest bit of difference in a call will make a huge difference. And so I went and cut and cut until I can't cut anymore and blew, you know, the call. Nope, that's not it. Go on to the next one. And I just kept blowing and kept on trying to achieve that perfect sound where it wanted to be. Again, everybody out there that sells their calls is going to say theirs are the best. But I, I truly believe at the end of the day, there's not, other call, not one other call out there that I would say, man, I really like her call, but I wish it had that. I think it has everything. I mean, the fee call is extremely easy to blow on it. Jump it on top, you know, screaming on it, get it on the bottom end, be able to do little soft quacks, be able to whine on it. It's got everything that I think you could possibly want in a duck call. It's got everything that I want in a duck call. There's not one call out there that I'd say, you know what, I'd rather be blowing it. No, I'm I mean I'm I'm proud of them. I really am. I mean, you know, my brother Darren helped me design well, he he actually designed the actual outside appearance of it. Went on the inside, we uh, uh, he designed some exhaust on it. Um, you know, I made some changes and my brother, you know, I guess how brothers are, he'd be like, Chris, you need to figure out what you want. And I, I'm just a guru. I'm a, I'm a duck guru, duck call guru. And I I just can't ever get enough of it. So I'm constantly trying to make it better and better and better and changing things, you know? Um, and, and the cool thing about CNC is, is that when you do make a change versus, you know, making a change on a, on a hand jig or, or whatnot, it's easier to replicate that change. I mean, it's there, it's done deal. As long as you hold your tolerances, you can repeat that over and over again. That's why it's so cool with a CNC machine. I know a lot of people basically kind of, not frown, but they kind of, oh, well, that's a CNC call. Well, if you're selling calls and I'm buying calls from you, me knowing machines, I want it off a of CNC. Not to say that a custom call ain't good. Custom calls are unique. What's every, a, what's a
0: custom call come off of?
1: Well, a custom call, I mean, turning by hand, a hand turn call, a
0: hand cut call. There's just no way you could be consistent just, with that. You
1: just can't. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's if if you would sit beside me in the shop, and, and well, a guy came and sit beside me in the shop, and, and saw where I'm cutting at, what my jig looks like, you know, how I'm holding my pieces, uh, you would see that there's no way that you could do it by hand. And I hate to say it, I mean, we're in the 21st century. I mean, it's, you know, it just is what it is. I mean, CNC machines are the thing of the future. And it's the only way, and it's it's a great tool. It is a great asset to our company to be able to replicate. And, and also, when I wanna make a new tone board, I go straight in there, go on my CAD file, I can see exactly where I'm taking off here and there and I can make new tone boards with new technology off of CAD
0: software. Well, because the CNC machine is reading that software from the computer, the CAD image is loaded into that CNC machine and it follows that drawing precisely?
1: Yeah, so the CAD and then you write a program off the CAD. So then you go on the G codes and you'll write a G code off of that CAD and then it'll put put into the machine, you touch out your tools off, go in there, let one rip. And when it comes out, hey, you know, okay, well that sounded really good, that's exactly what I want. You, as long as you make it and hold your tolerances and all your tools are touched off and good to go, it's going to replicate it every single time. And the CNC machines, again, the accuracy is crazy. It's it almost—I wouldn't say it's aerospace tech, uh, accuracy, but it's. Pretty darn
0: close. Well, there are a lot of CNC machines that do build parts for aerospace technology oh, and, aer- and aeronautics and, you know, airplanes and Boeing. I mean, a lot of it's done on from CAD drawings and what you're saying, writing a program and then putting it into a CNC. So is a CNC machine a mill? Well, you can get a mill, a lathe. Um, or is it one machine and then you put these different parts into no, it? No, so what, basically what happens is we'll, we'll turn,
1: you know, you turn a barrel, turn the insert, and then turn... A blank what we call a blank tone board and then you take the barrel and the insert is done what do you turn
0: it on i turn it on a lathe inside a cnc machine inside a cnc machine so a lathe is a tool that's in the machine
1: no the lathe is the actual machine so a lathe basically has a turret and has a spindle and that's considered
0: a lathe so there's a cnc lathe and the cnc mill yes we have both we have both and what else is there a cnc of um is there anything else
1: yeah i mean there's uh like it, a cnc gantry you can get a cnc gantry which is a meal okay um but there's all kinds of definitions as far as on you know all kinds of different cncs you can get in different configurations but it's basically a mill and a lathe
0: so a cnc lathe is what our barrels are being turned on A lathe, and then yeah. a lathe is what the 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 prototype not the prototype but the what is it, what do you call it? The mill, No, but the lathe is what also is turning that first tone board? So the lathe turns the barrel,
1: the band, and the blank. The blank. Blank tone board.
0: Okay, so explain the blank. What are you doing there? Or so is that, a, you don't want to give that away?
1: Ah, uh, you ain't no big deal. Um, you know, again, I mean, even if somebody tried to scan a part, there's no way they can replicate it. They can try, but I still sand on the part when it's done.
0: So that's why, that's why we've so got – So they would need you to make this call?
1: Yes. They just can't – you know, they can get close, but unless they know everything that I'm doing and, you know, there's no way they can replicate it, you know. And I'm not worried about nobody replicating it. I mean, you know, things have been replicated and ideas have been, you know.
0: We understand that. We get that. And then it's how you market it. People are yeah. going to be Me Too companies. There's going to be knockoffs. But I want to go back to that question about the middle and And then we're going to get into, you know, in, in future podcasts about – there are a lot of people that are making handmade, you know, calls or hand turned calls in their garage. There's guys that are machining calls that are making a hundred a year, or ha- paying to have a machinist do a hundred a year and selling them as a commemorative or limited edition to really get into the duck call business and build a brand takes a lot more than that. We'll get into that about the duck call game, the duck call industry, what it, where it is and how is it stable and how is it still so stable and so strong after, you know, there's been duck calls being sold for a long, long time. And, yeah. and, and we're seeing success in it. We've introduced something new to the market, but back, we'll get into that, Chris, back to the, the, the barrels in there and it's being turned, the blank inserts being turned and the acrylic bands being turned on a lathe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is that blank now?
1: The blank's basically, it's got a hole drilled in it, and then it's, it's uh, you know, turn around to a certain size dimension. And then I take that blank. The tone board's not cut yet. I take that blank and I put it in the mill. And the mill does its work. And then once it comes out, when I press start, everything's programmed. All my tools are touched off. I'll take, the, take it and, you know, run it. Once it's done, I pull it out and I mic it. To make sure it's exactly the spec of what it needs to be and so you know the cool thing about acrylic is is that you can cut literally thousands of parts really without wearing a tool out I mean it's just you know it's you got to have short tools I'm not gonna get into that but I mean there's a whole science behind cutting acrylic but uh as long as you know how to cut it, as long as you're a good machinist, as long as you basically are uh, you know, touching your tools off, that, that uh, part is gonna come out accurate every single time, precise every single time.
0: So the mill is a more precise instrument or no, tool?
1: both of them are gonna hold the same amount of accuracy. The mill is, is um, that's, that's where the guts are. That's where the guts are. The, the meal is basically the finish finished product so uh, you know again the lathe turns the barrel the band the insert and then the blank to mort and then you have the meal that I go ahead and, and finish it off and what is the uh, the uh, the actual you know whole part of the call is the tone board I mean At the end of the day, if you don't have a tone board in it, you're just blowing air through it. So the meat of the call is the tone board.
0: So and that's they can both hold tolerances. They can both be very precise, the lathe and the mill. Why does the actual tone board have to be cut on a mill?
1: You can cut it on a lathe if you have a uh, a Y-axis on your lathe. You could do it. It kind of be a little difficult to do it but you can definitely do it um we just you know two separate machines you know quicker you're not holding up one machine is basically the reason why we cut on the mill i don't have a y-axis on my on my lathe i don't need a y-axis didn't order with a y-axis um, the mills is just you know it's designated strictly for tone boards and that's it that's all it does is knock out tone boards all day long the other lathe basically does all the other hard, you know, the the work as far as on the cosmetic outside of the call. So the guts are done by the mill, And it's, like I said, again, it's very,
0: very precise. I'm trying to figure out why, if you have a Y axis, and I'm not, I know a little bit about what we're talking about and I'm not trying to play the devil's advocate. I'm just trying to get down to, can you go out and buy a lathe and be a successful duck call maker?
1: Absolutely not. I I mean, you can sell duck calls, you know, and, and, and don't get me wrong here, there is guys out there that are true craftsmen and skilled guys that are making custom calls, turning by hand, it's amazing their work they can do. You know, they're uh, basically uh, um, uh, taking different pieces of wood, gluing them together, you know, turning them down. Uh, They're, uh, you know, doing all kinds of amazing stuff that is very, very hard to do, and it takes some skill. It takes a lot of skill. And they're making great tone boards. But in order to replicate the tone board, this day and age, you know, we chose to do a CNC machine. I mean, it's just, in, in our opinion, we want to make sure that everybody's having the exact same tone board as we are. And that's the biggest difference with a CNC. I see so many guys constantly, you know, on different forums and stuff that are going on, and man, that's just CNC call line. And I don't know if they just don't know the the repeatability of a CNC, or they just, they tend to like a custom call and you know that's just what their deal is but you know it is unique like i said you know with guys that are doing uh hands earned you are getting a unique piece every single time
0: but it wouldn't that be harder to have some consistency well
1: it's very hard to have consistency but again at the end of the day you know we chose cnc machines and again the reason why we chose cnc machines is because our branding and all marketing was is that when you go and pick up a call choose the color not the one that sounds the right to you not the one that sounds the best to you because they're all going to sound the same
0: you guarantee that i guarantee it unless somebody goes in there and messes with it off the shelf
1: well i was going to bring up a topic about that you talk about you know guarantee that the only way that a call could have an issue getting to your doorstep is if it gets shipped and it sits out in the sun for a long period of time. You know, Mylar uh, is laminated, and if you put it out in the sun for a long, long period of time, I'm talking about if you go on vacation, your call came in, it sits on your porch, it's 110 degrees outside, and it's just constantly sitting out in the heat, it could take a chance of that Mylar reed actually bowing or kinking. And so, you know, immediately you'll know. You know, when you grab that call and you're going to blow in it, you know, you'll know that, hey, look, it's got a kink in it or it's bowed. Very rare does that happen, but I'm just letting people know because I had a guy the other day that called me up and it had been sitting outside for a while. He didn't get to pick it up and he sent it back to me. Sure enough, it had a bow in it. Went ahead and put a new reed in it. Boom, rocking and rolling. So, you know, there's all kinds of effects. I tell people all the time, the worst thing you can do especially during the summer is to go hunting or which we're not going hunting in the summer but to go and, and be blowing your duck haul practicing your duck haul in your truck and leave your duck haul around your uh, rear, rear view mirror, mirror. Yeah. because what happens is is you know heat your truck gets hot extremely hot and you know I'm not saying it will but it can and why take the chance tonight you just made a hundred and $45 investment, or whatever the call costs. You just made that investment. Take care of it. Bring it inside. Keep it in a cool, you know, environment. So when I duck hunt, as soon as I get finished duck hunting, I bring my calls inside, and I'll actually pull them apart and let them air out. Let all the moisture get out of them. Now, our calls have a built-in system to where, you know, you should not stick a call. But it's always good nature to take your call apart and see if you, you know, if you dip or chew or whatnot you got a piece of tobacco in it take that out till you call apart wash it get it ready
0: and where where is the best place to store it like for long periods of time i what i do is i hang mine in my closet i don't keep it outside or let the air get it, humidity i put it in inside in a clothes clothes you know like where i would hang my clothes i put it on a hanger and i put it right in between some shirts and, it, and that seems to work for me over the years but where's the best place to put it
1: i mean that's exactly i mean just bring it inside You know, don't leave your call out in the heat during the summer months. The temperature's changing. You know, get it inside, especially when you're hunting. Bring it inside, you know, look it over, check it out, uh, and and get it ready for the hunt next morning.
0: So... It brings up a cool point about the design of this call is that you can, you know, with a J-frame, you got that cork in there and it, it can get real wet and then dry out and that changes the tone of the call. You got to change your cork out a bunch. You take it apart after each hunt and you got to be, you know, you got to be on your game to be able to take it apart make sure that you clean all the debris out and get that reed back in there and get the, the cork back in there the way it was because that cork's always changing. It's always moving. It's, per, you know, it's it, it, moisture penetrates it. Air penetrates it. Um, you know, cork is made... To, you know, wine is is kept in a bottle that has cork. Good wine has cork in it, right? And you got to keep that wine laying down in a position where that cork stays wet. Or if it dries out, too much air gets in there and ruins the wine, right? So you got when you're dealing with cork, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that. With this call system and the jargon calls that we have right now, we are going to go into a J frame. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a series of J frame calls with cork as well. But with this one that we currently have out, with the small talk, the loud mouth, and the icebreaker, a guy can go into the lodge, take it apart real easy, and it goes back together the same. Exact way every time as long as he has that reed facing the right way, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: it's you know, you can do it in the dark. You know, that's why the uh the wedge system is actually um it's made kind of like a clear white. Um and the reason why is because if you drop it in the morning time, you know, in the water or or in the blind, it's real easy to find. Um it's not gonna be camouflaged. Uh, but you can take it apart, literally, in a, in a split second, of course, and then put it back together. It's very, very user-friendly to put back together. Um, my little six-year-old can basically take it apart and put it back together.
0: So why, what makes it so easy?
1: Um, I guess what makes it so easy is, is that, you know, with a cork, and again, we're going to bring cork to the market, you know, cork calls, J-frame calls, but on a cork, if you – If you have to replace the cork, you know, you need to basically bite and chew on it just a tad bit and then put it in the slot, in the cork slot, cork notch, and then have something to push it back to the back end of the cork notch and and really get it tight in there. You take a chance on a cork call, J-frame call, you take a chance of breaking that cork notch, that, that top end of the acrylic, you know very hard to do you don't really see many people taking a call apart with cork in the blind Um, it can be done don't get me wrong but uh, at the end of the day this wedge design is so much easier to take apart if you got a piece of trash underneath it you know a leaf fell in it you know a piece of a leaf or a limb or whatever fell in it tobacco you can take it apart clean it out put it right back together and within a split second, because everybody knows it. Hey, look, the next round of birds is coming. Let's hurry up and get this call done. Let me get it back in, in order and, and get right back at it. So, you know, again, the court call is has a great sound to it. You just got to keep up with it. You know, you have to, you know, constantly. I mean, I change court calls out during the season, maybe, you know, every week or once a week because I'm trying to hold that crisp sound. And the cool thing about the wedge is, is that what our tolerances on the wedge, you know, it's got a very, very, very low uh, rating as far as on expanding and contracting. Um, the, The amount of material that we use expands and contracts very, very little. It's minute. So it's just more consistent. Again, going back to that consistency, Trying to make sure that it's consistent. And I think people can attest to this out there that they've had a call that they think blew extremely well the day before or they bought it in the store. And then they went out there and hunted with it and they got in icy conditions or real cold conditions, winds blowing, and now they're like, man, the pitch of it just totally changed. And it does. So, you know, these wedge designs, your pitch, your consistency, you know, everything is going to be the same when you go into the blind the next day, you're hunting in cold conditions, holding, you know, the next day at 70 degrees, going back and forth, it's going to stay consistent. That's what you want, you know? You don't want a shotgun that you're going out there, one day it shoots to the left, one day it shoots to the right, right?
0: these call stick.
1: I'm not saying you can't stick them, because anything you can stick, you drink Dr. Pepper, put sugar on the tone board, I'm sure you can make it stick, but you should not stick these calls, you know. And if you do, you know, if it's just sticking constantly, send it back to me. Let me take a look at it. Let me see why. But it's always good practice to go ahead again once a week so forth. If you're drinking, you know, Cokes, I mean, uh, going into the season everybody's just you know wide open drinking let's think about the
0: things that go into a duck call because duck calls are notorious for a few things energy drinks or coffee yep soda red bull these new bangs or whatever they're called tobacco copenhagen could be the finer cut snuff version it could be the longer cut version some duck callers use pouches but not many that i've encountered or come across then you got your food you got your donuts you got your beef jerky you got i mean you name it duck duck hunters eat it, you honey, know, bun. it honey buns <laughs> down in the south you got your honey bun but you know if you're a timber hunter you're more than likely in and out there before breakfast really starts but you carry snacks a granola bar a honey bun whatever you're back to the lodge eating guys that are hunting in south dakota in a big boat blind or in a, a pit blind some you know a lot of people bring in an oven or i mean a stovetop or a grill or a griddle or something and i mean i've seen bacon and eggs i've seen everything thrown down biscuits and gravy in a duck blind there's a lot of debris that's coming out of the mouth that's going into a duck call, that's going into that barrel, that's getting underneath that Mylar reed, in between the reed and the tone board. Some of it gets down in between the tone board. It can't be operating correctly if there's some Copenhagen or there's some donut that's in between the actual Mylar reed and where it's supposed to hit on that tone board. Is it? Or are calls so advanced with, the, with what we're talking about in this podcast with the tolerances and the measurements and your genius behind these calls, that's not going to affect this call? Do I have to take it out every single time that I think a piece of debris is in there, pull the insert out of the barrel, to take a dollar bill or a business card and slide it in there like the days when you had to do that? Or can you get by with the jargon call even if there is debris between that mylar read and where it's supposed to touch down on that tone board? Does that question make sense?
1: Yeah, it makes I mean, absolute sense. But you get a piece of, I've actually got a, a little piece of Copenhagen in between it. And it's not going to lock down. It's just going to sound a tad bit different. You know, because that, that tone, especially if it's sitting there where the mylar is coming down and slapping that tone board, it will make it sound a tad bit different. It, sh- it shouldn't lock down the call, but it is going to sound different. So, yeah, I mean, you know, by far, you don't have to sit there every time you eat or drink or whatever, take, you know, call the part and check it out make sure that there's nothing in between it. Just if it sounds different to you, to your ear, hey, look, let me check it. Let me make sure that everything's good. And, and that way I can, you know, rock and roll with it. But, no, I mean, you're not going to have to take your call apart every beckon moment.
0: Do you have to a lot of times with the J-frame?
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw myself taking it apart more because of the spit groove. You know, there's a spit groove in ours, and, you know, there is some J-frames out there with a spit groove, but if it doesn't have a spit groove, it's got more of a surface area for that piece of food to sit on top of. So yeah, I mean in the spit groove, what happens happen normally is is when you're blowing, uh, you'll actually blow that piece of trash in that spit groove and you'll normally that's where it'll sit. And so if it's in the spit groove, it doesn't matter. That's not gonna distort the sound, but if it is on that on that fine flat spot, then it can it can cause an effect. What's of... a
0: spit groove? Spit groove. Is that is basically... another is that another machine that's in the written in the program that's actually cut? Is it cut by the lathe or is it cut by the mill? Mill. Okay, so the mill cuts a spit groove. Where is it and what is it?
1: So the spit groove is on top of the tone board, basically goes from you know down the slope, up the slope to the back end. And all it does is, is it lets moisture get on top of that tone board and allows that moisture to disperse, kind of like it's playing out. And then also what it does, believe it or not, but the way ours is designed, it actually gives it that rattling effect. Rattling, rattling effect like a, on the
0: feed because you can, when you really break down a feed chatter or a feed call, you can hear rattle that's it's almost like an aftertaste of something that you eat or drink. It's like, oh, that just hit me, you know, it tasted good at the beginning, and then the aftertaste wasn't there, or it didn't taste that good at the beginning, but it felt better, or it tasted better after it settled, or whatever, right? The aftertaste that it's almost the rattle is almost like an aftertaste to me to where you hear the the chatter but then if you really break it down and listen and you listen to ducks in the woods or ducks on the marsh you hear you hear what you're talking about with that right that rattles it's, it's, that back in. It, it's like that back in rattle that yeah. you have but you have to listen for it mm-hmm. but it's so dang realistic right it's is it is it is it like an aftertaste. It's almost like it's not there at the beginning, right? It's, yeah. it, it comes, it comes as you start to put those sequences together, then you really start to hear that rattle built into it.
1: Yeah. And that, and the, the rattle is built into it. It's not, it's not, you know, because of the tone board per se, it is the way the, the spit grooves are machine. That's where I got the rattle. And again, from cutting tone board after tone board, after tone board, you know, you know, you learn, a lot of stuff and you know where you need to stop it out here where you need to pull it out here and where's p- position gives it the perfect rattle but it just doesn't give it to where it's just all rattle it still has that you know to where it's giving it that feed but giving you that back end rattle to it so you know the spit groove and the tone board and the drill hole you know the the back of the notch where the the reed, you know, lands up at, ends up at, uh, lands. That all has to, all that comes together to make that sound. And that's, that's why I said, you know, we truly don't have, when nobody's, nobody else's call on the market sounds exactly like ours. And again, we don't want it to sound like anybody else. We want to be a different sound. We want to be a ducky sound. You know, we want to be as, as ducky as we can possibly be on a call. We don't want to sound like a duck call. We want to sound like
0: ducks. So do you think we're there, or are we on our way there, or do you think jargon game calls are there?
1: These tone, these calls here: icebreaker, loud mouth, small talk. Nothing I would touch on them.
0: And nothing. are they better than any call in the market?
1: Again, I'm being conceited here,
0: but you know. Conceited or biased? Conceited is different than biased. Yeah, I don't think you're a conceited okay. person. Yeah, I'm not a conceited person. That's why I, I really don't. But want we to... stand behind these. We're confident we yeah, these calls are different. We, we are. Even we're I proud can of even them. I can sound like a duck on them. And you told me to oh, my face that I am Here a shitty. <laughs> you told me I was a <laughs> shitty duck call. When did I ever tell you? You that? pretty much did with your facial expressions in Arkansas. You're yeah. like, whoa! No. I, I've seen that before. Like Joel or somebody will look at me and be like, just put the f- call away. <laughs> Put it away. And you gave me that look, and I'm like, damn, this dude is conceited. Nice. Nah, you I mean, are conceited. Not. Well, you know, I like to hear other people blow the calls. So we're, we're going to end this because I have, you know, I got, I got to eat something, dude. I'm freaking. you always starving, dude. starving, man. Always. Some, we'll I, go eat, and you'll I, say you're starving on the way out. I know, because we're going to go eat sushi. Oh, Your no. redneck ass is about to eat some bait. That's bait where I come from. We're going to get back to this. As soon as we're done eating, we're going to drop another podcast. We're going to do a bunch of, a long series of podcasts over the next several days. Chris has flown out from Searcy, Arkansas to join us where the duck call shop is. It lays in between Searcy and Augusta, Arkansas, Jargon Game Calls. Again, Chris Cifrio, he's brought his magic to this uh, this brand. He came to me with the idea and uh, we've partnered up on a call company called Jargon Game Calls and we've introduced our first three duck calls. Got a couple more coming out in 2019 a lot of innovation, a lot of cool um, ideas for the future, not just in duck calls, not just in game calls, as a matter of fact, but we've got some big plans and in, in the talks right now, but we are um, we're excited about it but chris is flowing out to nevada to our studio for this life ain't for everybody to sit down with us for a few days not just to do podcasts but we're going to be dropping some instructional videos we got some ideas for a new uh, website that we're working on we're going to have new calling instructional tips in episodes of the foul life tv airing right now on the outdoor channel season 11 benelli's the foul life and we're also going to be filming some interviews for a couple different projects including the foul life episodes as well as a brand ending video and we are going to be finalizing our new 30 second commercial for jargon game call so a lot of work to do here in the next four days after that i myself head to uh, montana to work with mr john the 89 years young he's hunted well over 40 countries and uh, we're going to get to go spend some time with him at his lovely house with him and his wife up at uh, in montana to get some more work done on an episode that we did with john in kansas last year so a lot of good vibes going on right now we're going to end this podcast but chris when we come back i got to get a straight answer from you of why the consumer is going to pick the small talk over the loud mouth or why the consumer is going to pick the loud mouth over the small talk when it comes to a single read with what we have to offer at jargon game calls right now jargongamecalls.com and then why is that consumer going to pick the icebreaker why would anybody ever buy the icebreaker? Why would you buy it for your 12-year-old kid or is it going to teach him bad habits? Don't we want somebody learning the, the the correct habits of a duck call? Do you use the same technique in a double call or a double redesign as you would in a single redesign when it comes to applying air and operation to that duck call? I don't want you to answer now, but I want to get your wheels turning as you put girl and Connie and a little octopus and some, some yellowtail, maybe some unagi, some freshwater eel in your mouth tonight, oh, no. some good rolls, a rainbow roll that's got the salmon, the yellowtail, and the tuna on it, all raw it's stuff that you probably would fish with to catch other fish, which is weird, but we eat that out here. It's high in protein. It's low in fat. We don't eat a lot of the rice. Some of it, we have cheat days, but we're working out a lot, right? You're working out. You're looking good. You're down 30 pounds. He's weighed in at 210 pounds. I put every one of these guests for the this life ain't for everybody podcast on the scale, because I want to make sure that these new chairs that I have support them. Chris has got one (laughs) of those Roger Clemens pitchers booties, man. He's got a, a, a booty on him. So, you know, I just got to make sure he's down. He's trimming down. He's getting in shape for duck season and uh, he's looking good he's looking spry and he knows a lot about duck calls duck call design duck call build, duck call creation. I mean, everything he does on these mills and these lays and these, everything he does with the engravers, everything is so precise. The tolerances, the measurements, the aesthetics, they're so clean. They really do fit on your mouth better than any duck call that I've ever used. They fit in your hand as far as the insert goes better than any duck call I've ever used. And we are biased, but we feel that we're onto something. We're going to get into our marketing plans and what we're doing with the jargon name and the community that we want to build and getting people to look at each other again and talk again and what the specialized vocation. Vocabulary amongst a group of people really means it's not about instant messaging and just sending a quick text. And a lot of today's society is, you know, there's songs like Drake White's Back to Free. Everybody's talking, everybody's on their phone, but nobody's talking. Nobody's talking, but we're all on the phone. People have heard us say that before. John Prine said it way back in the day with Angel from Montgomery. He'd come home with nothing to say. We got to find something to say again and talk. And that's what jargon is about. I love that word, don't you? Oh, absolutely. It's a badass word. You're proud of the brand, right? Oh, I am. I want to talk about that, what our marketing plans are, and I want to get your opinion on the new print ads that just came out in Wildfowl and CWA and what Mr. Tom Rashashin has done, as well as the first episodes that have aired of The foul Life of what Clay and Tyson and the guys have been editing. They're strong. They're, yeah. We're getting a lot of good feedback, right? They're badass, right? Yeah. Does it make you proud to see that Jargon logo in there and, and the calls of, being used? Yeah, well, the
1: biggest thing with the, you know, I'll watch the episodes Chad sent to me, and I can tell you this. You are going to want to go hunt after you watch those episodes.
0: Yeah, I had a guy that's 73 years old. His name's Phil. He walks up to me this weekend at the lake. I brought. We were up tragering and cooking and, and boating and just relaxing up in the Sierra Mountains of Northern California, pretty close to the Nevada border. He walked up onto the deck and he said, 73 years old. He said, your show continues to floor me. It gets better and better every season. And I don't know how to take that because last year I thought it was amazing. The year before I thought it was amazing. It's just these guys, it's just we change it. We, you know, we want to evolve with it. And some are hunt heavy, some are story heavy, some are balanced, you know. But we we want to make it to where that consumer or that watch or that viewer, that potential Jargon customer, that potential Benelli customer, that potential Black Cloud, Realtree, Banded, Avery, Green Egg, your customer can live through us vicariously they can sink and dig their fingernails into it they can open that passenger door and jump up in the pickup truck and ride with us or open that blind door get into that lay down blind or that pop-up panel blinder and sit with us and we want to make that that viewer feel like he's there we also want that crossover viewer to come over from the deer stand or the deer woods or fishing or turkey hunting and be like man this is a cool vibe it's not what we do a lot but we like this story we like the music we got jamie johnson on there we got zach brown on there drake white leith Lofton. we have so many good bands on there we got this new girl band that we work with that works with kid rock named sweet tea trio needle in a haystack song on there that you heard and and that stuff makes us proud to be able to associate our brands and our episodes of the foul life with that music with those stories the different personalities the different locations that we get to hunt it's different but when you see that jargon call in our hands and the way the ducks are responding to it and I'm not saying that you need a jargon call to have a successful duck hunt we'd be idiots for saying that but they are ducky calls and I'm proud of it I love seeing that logo on your head Hat, that logo on that, that Gator tumbler right there on all of these different calls. And here we are, we've been, we talked about this for a while and then we're here, we're doing it. So I wanted you to think about those questions. I talk a lot, I get it. I talk and run on sentences. I'm an absolute <laughs> t and idiot. I've been told by many people, but I want you to really digest that question. Why the small talk over the loud mouth? Why the loud mouth over the small talk or why the icebreaker? Who's going to buy an icebreaker and why should you? I think you should get them all. I have a loud mouth and a small talk. I don't really run a, a double read, but I love the sound of our double read or the read and a half icebreaker, right? I want you to think about that while you're stuffing your face with this raw fish. I'm going to take some videos of you stuffing your face with this raw fish to send <laughs> out to Ashley, your wife, and all of your kids back in Arkansas. Y'all, that's Chris Cifrio, co-founder and owner of jargon game calls straight out of the state of arkansas the duck capital of the world is stuck on arkansas we're going to get into that again about why duck calling is so badass in arkansas why most of the world champions come out there because you have to know how to blow a duck call to kill ducks in arkansas because there's not a lot of visual going on in the in the woods it's hard you don't see decoys down there very often so we'll get into that a little bit guys again today's episode please support our partners we have so many strong partners and sponsors at the foul life as well as the podcast this life ain't for everybody today's episode was brought Brought to you by the North American Whitetail Championships. Go visit them at NAWTC.com and get signed up for that $300 entry fee for your chance to qualify and win that $50,000 cash prize. Go on there, read the rules, read the regulations, support the partners that are supporting them, like Bone Collector, uh, like Tacticam, like Gator Coolers. There's several of them on there. It's held by wicked outfitters, Mr. Clint Walker and Steve Schultz. They're kicking ass in the outfitting business in the great state. It's not a flyover state like Jason Aldean sang about kansas is an awesome state it's a very why do you think dorothy went back there she <laughs> left for a while to visit oz but she did go back nawtc.com the 2019 bone collector north american whitetail championships and obviously today's episode is brought to you by jargon game calls Jargongamecalls.com apparel hats the loud mouth the small talk the icebreaker the best damn duck calls money can buy you want to sound like a duck This is your first step in doing so. Get on there and order one, guys. Take our word for it. Check out the videos. Check out the check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Jargon Game Calls, and uh, find out for yourself. They are the real deal. Chris has out done himself with the design of these calls. I'm proud to be his partner, and uh, we're proud to have them as the official call of the Foul Life. Benelli's the Foul Life. The official duck call is Jargon. So support those partners. Thank y'all.
1: I'll you